You know, and I actually want to add the caveat with the sparkling water thing. This is to all of our future guests, if you guys listen. <laughs> we have a lot of people come on, and if they don't drink alcohol, that's fine. Like, we're multi-beverage people. Mm. But at least come on with an interesting water. <laughs> people come on with just water. You I'm like... Water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Pull well, it up out least, of the tap. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, then at least describe the tap, you know? Okay, it's a 2023 <laughs> vintage. has a decent pipiness to it. Something, you know? But, you know, at least something interesting, you know? The older house, <laughs> I can taste the lead. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got a beard in it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers And talking rap careers Reflecting on the years Connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew Doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet we're gonna put it in check You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks One, two one, two of my checks don't bounce. Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two of my checks don't bounce. Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. And I'm here, as usual, with my co-host, Nomadic Vagabond. Man, tonight we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, my name is Major Chisholm, a.k.a. Creative Liberty, but you can call me Major. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, that's the, one of the fun things about having you on here um, is because in this world, I guess we all get nicknames. We all got monikers, and in uh, the rap world, people especially have monikers. <laughs> but but you have this one creative liberty uh, because we grew a beard together on the internet one time. We did. <laughs> yes, that was my that was my moniker, um, and it, it has always stuck. So now, did you come up with that for Whiskerino? No, actually, I came up with it for for a website. Okay. I was on the treadmill one morning at 5 a.m. and I thought, well, I'm an artist, I'm an art teacher, you know, creative liberties, you know, with, of course. I was like, oh, creative liberty. I wonder if it's taken and nothing was taken. So I took it. So, yeah, well, it's, it, it's a good one. I like it. Uh, why, why don't you actually, why don't we start there though? Uh, okay. Tell us a little bit about Whiskerino uh, and we'll work our way a little bit back and then, and then we'll talk about what we're drinking. So uh tell us a little bit about whiskerino because i think i've mentioned it on the show but i don't know that i've ever really explained it yeah so uh whiskerino was started by oh my goodness uh, the the godfather we we just call him the godfather um mackle thank you (laughs) Ah. Uh, we know we have everybody by our monikers but it takes me a minute to think of everybody's actual names it was just all monikers so he started he started uh whiskerino it was a beard growing contest amongst friends and you started november 1st clean shaven and you ended what was it january or february no it was of uh, february because it february. was basically in end of february because it's four months four months yeah because so, four months is like enough time to get like for most people to get like some amount of growth like you right. don't necessarily have a giant beard but for probably for most of those guys or a lot of those guys, that was the biggest beard they'd grown. Right. Yep. But yeah, so four months. So he did it. Uh, 
and uh, my friend Andy uh, asked me to join uh, Andy Matthews. And so I said, sure. Uh, he did it. I think he did it one year, then like skipped a year or two, did it again. So there was four or five iterations of yeah. Whiskerino and it grew. I mean, I like get like tripled each time he did this and it just eventually it became more work and more yeah. hassle. So we had one final Whiskerino and it was, it was glorious. So, yeah, but it was a great time just for guys. This is pre-social media, right? but the website where we had to post a picture of our growth every day. And some days there would be themes or some weeks there would be themes, like how many things can you stick in your beard and, and things like that. Um, and if you didn't post for a certain amount of time, you got, you got kicked out. You were, you were yeah, gone. That's right. That's so, right. You got shamed. Uh, yeah. Shamed. And then if you shaved your beard, you got shamed. You were and definitely so, shamed for shaving. Right. Yes. That's something we should do on this show. Um, Clayton, I think we should start shaming our guests that don't have beards. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> There's a name for people who don't have beards. Women. 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 <laughs> well, there's some women. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> well said. Well, uh, for me, Whiskerino was uh, something I had heard about, but didn't participate until the last one and loved it. I, I had a guy that uh, I worked with. Lay Duncan had been previously Uncle Dan. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then also his uh, his brother David Bean. Um, oh, yeah. Who's, of course, legendary on on Whiskerino. Those two, I'd like seen their pictures. I'd I'd heard about it from them, and I just thought it was amazing. And I thought I wanted to sign up. I was living in Hawaii at the time, uh, so I had to like set the alarm. I forget exactly what time it all opened up, but it was weird on my time zone. So I was trying to make sure I didn't miss it. Uh, I was trying to get my parents to help me sign up. Like <laughs> it was just K cause I was living on a farm in, like in the sticks and like my internet was terrible. Like I got in the car, I drove to a cafe, tried to register. Like it was just this big thing to try to get registered. And, and finally I got registered and, um, and here's the thing. And this is the only reason why, like, I really want to spend some time talking about this is because like, it was an incredible experience for us, but even like this show, the middle name is Beards, um, like things happened during those four months and the camaraderie among the guys that like, yeah. I think in a lot of ways impacts me to this day. So even like I'm known as like the taco guy and I've always liked tacos. I grew up in Southern yeah. California eating tacos, right. but like it really wasn't until Whiskerino and we had the theme days that yeah. I started like deliberately doing thinking of silly things related to tacos and how to incorporate more tacos into my photographs on social media because by the last whiskerino that you know people were starting to get on facebook and right. instagram and so people were now starting to branch out into social media and anyway tacos beards all of that like all came together in this crazy weird four-month thing of strangers on the internet growing a beard together yeah. Yeah, and work productivity. Whenever we you would post, I mean, it just dipped because everybody's online looking at, <laughs> looking at each other's and commenting on each other's uh, posts. Yeah, um, and then we had a big, a big shenanigan, a big, a big what, party. Yeah, the, the throwdown. Throwdown. That's it. Yeah. That the a weekend long event in Nashville where every well not everybody but like I think something like 150 or 200 of the guys came out. Oh yeah. 
Oh, wow. I mean, it was a crazy large amount of people that came out when you consider the whole pool was only 500. And right. I think close to 200 shamed out. Yeah. Like, how, how crazy is that? 200 out of 500 guys couldn't grow a beard for four months. They couldn't hack it. Right. Like, what is this? This is a survivor or alone or something, you know? It's like, <laughs> right. you don't have to do anything. This is minimal. Like, yeah. don't do you just show up and take a picture of your face. Yeah. That's it. And you just let it grow. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people I'll talk to. And they're like, oh, I've tried, but it, I just can't do it. And because they'll be like, it gets too itchy. I'm like, you just let it go. And then it, it gets easy. Like you don't get that. Right, yeah. yeah. I, totally. And I, I think I think with uh, a lot of people that have trouble growing, really, all you got to do is just tell them just power through. And I think like Whiskerino did that for some of the guys. Um, yeah. You know, I, I used to have itchy stuff too, but I always had like some level of beard most of the time. Uh, I For a while, I was rocking the uh, Abraham Lincoln chin strap thing, uh -huh. um, if you can call that a beard. Um, but after Whiskerino, basically after Whiskerino, I just I just want to have a, a beard. Yeah. And I want to have some volume. I have not consistently maintained one like yours, um, but it's nice when when I do. I enjoy having that. Have you have you continuously had that beard basically since Whiskerino, or have you shaved down any any other time or trimmed? Well, I've, I've shaved down. Yeah, this is actually a, a brand new beard as of this last year. Wow. Um, so a couple of beard iterations after Whiskerino, um, and I think that was what 2009, 2010. Yeah, after, late 2009 to 2010. Yeah. Um, 2011, I moved to Colorado, um, and then. Um, I personally decided to grow my beard out for a year. I had never just done the yeard. Yeah. So, and for those of you who don't know, that's just growing your beard out for a year. And yeah. I didn't touch, you know, I've trimmed the mustache, but didn't touch it. Yeah. And that lasted for five years. So I grew it for five years. Wow. Where I had a guy like sit down and trim it. And he, I got this guy here in Fort Collins and he's been in uh, like, cutting hair for his family's been in it for 100 years he's been in it for 30 he's an ex-cop out of boston i mean just this guy who explained beards and beard lore to me as i'm sitting there he's like you did it right you grew your neck beard out you grew yeah it, it this out and makes this right. do this. so he and then he like when he groomed it i was like this is this is a gorgeous beard and yeah. so <laughs> so yeah um so, so then i kept that you know, for a while. And then over COVID, um, let me back up. I got married and my wife had never seen me without a beard. Dur dur during the pandemic, you got married. No, I didn't get married during the pandemic. I got married okay. in 2017. Okay. I, I, yeah, I thought it was before the pandemic. Yeah, my wife met me with a beard. COVID gave us the opportunity to shave it. What we were going to do is I was going to have my barber come to our school for an event and he was going to shave my beard because my students didn't know me without a beard. And so he was going to do it on the gym floor. We're going to do it like, you know, our last big hoorah of the year. And then COVID hit. We went home at spring break and never came back. So I let my wife shave me out here on the back deck. And <laughs> I, kid you, I kid you not. I kept a little dirty stash. And uh, uh, like for the next 24 hours, I would catch her looking at me and then like look away. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> She's like, 
I feel like I'm cheating on my husband. I feel like I'm with a different man. You know? Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's amazing. Like, Let's go baby. But, uh, so, but eventually she got to where she enjoyed the look on my face. <laughs> she, she did say that she appreciated that she could see more of my smile. So, um, yeah. so I kept it short. Kept it short up until I think October of last year and then just started growing it back up. I was like, nope, beard's coming back. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you when when I've grown a year, uh, which I've I've done twice, sort of the first time I ended up feeling like it didn't count because uh, the, the, the reason being is I think it was so I hold on, I did Whiskerino and then I kept growing in yep. order to do a year and uh, in May. So you know, three quarters away there, uh, I had a wedding to go to and the bride really was pushing hard for me to shave. And I, I got a compromise that if I went to the barber and just cleaned up the edges, that it would be okay. But then I felt like I kind of cheated my yard. So, so I always just wanted to do it again. So a few years, I think it was 2016, I think it was, uh, I shaved down and um and then did did a year and i did a true year except uh like you i i guess this doesn't really it's not a problem you know i trimmed the mustache a little bit um and then i found this very helpful to trim maybe a month or two in to trim my neck just one time shave the neck mm -hmm. so that the chin gets ahead of the right. neck beard. yeah then, then all grows in yeah, yeah once it drops you can let that grow yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I used to do that a lot. I used to, uh, I mean, I need to trim my mustache up. I just go to appointments where I try to let it grow because I want to have like that, you know, Sam Elliott mustache. But it's like eating and drinking after a while. It's like there's always stuff and it's just dripping and it just gets <laughs> annoying. So I'm like, I got to trim it up. But I used to trim my neck up a lot, but then I just stopped and it's finally like, you know, yeah, there you go. I got all that. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, since we're on beard stuff, um, I want to jump. I, I guess we're going to jump around a little bit and we're not going to hit the exact way I said. Um, you have a YouTube channel and it's really cool. You've got everything from barbecue to how to make a chicken coop or or whatever, chicken coop adventures. You know, like there's a variety of, of things on there. Um, but there's also like five essential oils for guys. And like you, you've got this great video where you're talking about how to how to use these essential oils to your benefit, and you specifically mention uh, having a beard as being something that might have someone into essential oils. So take us into like your beard care, like and and maybe even drop some drop some knowledge on us about uh, essential oils or whatever. <laughs> so my YouTube channel is um, Major Chisholm. You just look up Major Chisholm, and it's the guy with the beard. Um, and, um, so let me, let me, so do you want like actual beard care or do you want? Yeah. I, I, well, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear what, what you do. And then I don't mind if, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about your channel too, like take us sure. wherever you want to go, but like, uh, start with the, the beard care. We want to hear about that. Yeah. So, um, so go watch the, the, the YouTube video. It is very Ron Swanson tongue in cheek beard care. <laughs> Um, with essential oils for men for their beards. I love it. And then, and I loved making it. I, there's so many outtakes of me just cracking myself up, but, um, so yeah. Um, 
man. So here, here's something. Beard oil. Beard oil is not for your beard. It's for your skin. So okay. I live in a dry climate. We get ashy a lot here. Um, and so beard oil is really, it's for your skin. It's to put in and, and you work it down into your skin or onto your skin so that your beard doesn't have dandruff or you just don't, you don't get itchy down in there or, or whatever. So when you're thinking about buying beard oil, don't think of it as being for your beard. It's really more for your skin. Yeah. Um, and also, and then like, if you want to like really kind of just shape your beard and things like that, use a beard balm. That's what beard oh, balm sure. is. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, trim, you can trim the neck, let, let this drop down. Um, I look better. I mean, I've had it, I've had it looking like Clayton. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I've had it looking like Clayton's like after five years, I mean, it, it looked a lot like that. And, um, and so shaping it up, like you said, like going to a wedding or something, people are usually a bit more agreeable. Luckily I didn't have to go to a wedding with it all being crazy right. but yeah do you uh, those, uh, brush those, it much or anything like that sometimes so my beard i don't it, and again every guy's beard is a little bit different but my beard underneath here gets uh almost like dreadlocks so the hair comes out and it starts curling because it's i have yeah. a kind of a curly beard um and so it's dreadlocks so i'll go in with a comb in the shower and just kind of brush those things out yeah. and and then my beard drops even more so so every now and then I'll go in and just kind of comb those dreadlocks out, those tendrils. <laughs> it's funny because there's a lot of times like I go back and forth between like combing mine and not. And there's mm -hmm. times like I think it's probably been a couple months since I've combed mine because I get like those little curls. I'm like, you know, I might just let it dread. And then yeah. I'm like, ah, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'll like shape it up and comb it. And then it's like the same thing. You're just kind of like trying to get it out and like pulling. Yep. But yeah. I, I use a wooden comb, which is really nice because. I'll get the oils and I'll like, I'll rub it in, but I'll get the comb and kind of massage my face with it and kind of oh, yeah. spread the oils. It's nice. That's a good, that's a good pro tip right there as well. Yeah. And I've got a, I've got a couple of those combs and I've got like just a beard brush and, and so I'll just kind of brush it out. Brushing it is okay, but it's really good to get in there with those combs and just kind of pull everything down. Yeah. And then you get that, you get the oils in there under your skin or near your skin. I think that that made the biggest difference for me the second time through on on the year. I don't know that that bride the first time through would have had as much concern if I had been using beard oil and brushing my beard. Yeah, um, because the second time through, that's really all I did is I I I kept it nice and taken care of and just just brushed it a lot. And um, I think I've I've mentioned before it like almost grew in. It almost looked square. It almost looked like yeah. I was trimming it yeah. straight but i wasn't i was just brushing and it just got long and gorgeous yeah. if i might say yeah. so myself well now it's cicadas <laughs> era right yeah yeah, yeah. That, that yeah that was basically when we were when we were recording the summer of the cicadas and uh when we did our photo shoot for the album artwork of that uh, of that album and all our promotional stuff around that time my beard had just turned one year, I think literally that day or like two days prior. So I got like this really great photo shoot in Austin with my yeard. Uh, yeah. Didn't plan it that way. It just worked out that way. Right. Yeah. Another, another thing that you don't want to do is wash it every day. You don't want to put soap in it every day. Let your yeah. natural face oils kind of do its magic. Yeah. And 
I don't wash my beard every day. I'll get it wet because I, when I wake up, it's all yeah. sideways and up here and <laughs> up in the eyes. So yeah. I have I have to like get it down, but yeah, I don't I don't put soap so to it. I I condition mine um, probably every day, but <clears throat> I don't I don't soap it. Um, yeah. In fact, I I don't know if I soap it at all except on like once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like maybe if I've been eating a lot of ice cream and messy, you know, if if I got something gross in there, I'll soap it. But I find the same thing. If I shampoo my beard, it feels like it dries out really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's what I tell guys who are starting to grow their beards out, and, and they do complain that it's itchy. I say, get you some conditioner, condition mm-hmm. it; it'll help your face, and, uh, and it's just it's good for it. it. Makes it soft. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what what are we drinking, guys? Ooh. Well, uh, I'll let you guys go first because I got something out of well, not completely out of the norm but out of the norm for me so uh okay. i'll go last okay i'll go first go so i am it's too late right now because i have to teach in the morning it's eight it's eight ten here p.m in colorado um glorious sun's still out um but i'm doing the carnivore diet so uh so i'm only drinking water and coffee and these uh sparkling waters so i found uh see oh, that yeah. Yeah. yeah rambler that's good stuff the rambler sparkling water and yeah, you right. can get these for like 45 cents at a local grocery store so i just stock up on these guys and so that's what i've got in my water bottle nice yeah they're good yeah. that's so funny um that that both uh nomadic and i are like oh rambler yeah that's good like it's kind of <laughs> weird because five years ago i wouldn't have been a connoisseur of sparkling waters so and... y'all heard of it oh yeah i i i ordered it online before um okay so sometimes when i'm traveling um i will especially if i'm traveling to a destination where like i'm gonna be at someone's house yeah certain things i'll just have shipped to their house oh so nice there. um so I've I've done that with Rambler. It was just something I found. I thought, oh, that'd be cool to try because I can't get that in Florida that I know of. Right. And and uh, Nomadic's job is beverages, so oh. I feel like he yeah. probably knows them all. Yeah, I mean, even though like my department's beer and wine, like I've I've always been a beverage guy. Like drinking yeah. tea is what got me into wine. Drinking kombucha is what got me into beer. Like I went the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Uh, like, I mean, right now we're having like 50% off all sparkling water. And I was like stocking up because, you know, especially like when it's like later at night and like I might want a beer, but I don't want a beer. I'll right. just have like the sparkling water because there's no calories and it's hydrating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's I've heard that this hydrates you better than just a regular glass of water. So, you know, and I actually want to add the caveat with the sparkling water thing. This is to all of our future guests. If you guys listen, <laughs> we have a lot of people come on. And if they don't drink alcohol, that's fine. Like we're multi-beverage people, but at least come on with an interesting water. <laughs> people come on with just water. I'm Why like water bottle. Yeah. Pull well, it up out least, of the tap. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well then at least describe the tap, you know? Okay. It's a 2023 <laughs> vintage has a decent pipiness to it. Something, you know, but you know, at least something interesting, you know, the older house. I can taste the lead. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> These pipes are made and they're they're made out of clay. They were put in in 63. I mean, it's a, mm. <laughs> yeah, man. 
you know there there are some people who get like that with their water though you know yeah um, yeah for, for a while i swore that the very best uh water at any airport well the very best like non-bottled water ever i've always said was at the atlanta airport mm-hmm. and i still kind of stand by that but huh. now more and more airports are getting those uh water bottle refill things uh, like yeah, triple yeah. filtered i feel like every airport has something that's like really tasty uh right. but it's the, it's the it's the filtering that makes all the difference i think yeah but yeah so i'm speaking of sparkling waters uh i'm drinking a spindrift and the thing i like about spindrift Uh, is it's just a little bit of actual fruit juice fruit uh, mixed in there now that's also the thing i don't like about spindrift because sometimes i like to take a sparkling water to bed uh, and i don't want to take something acidic uh but spindrift is great i mix this with a little bit of uh, diet tonic water which uh, I'm sure when we talk about the no alcohol thing a little in a little bit, uh, I'll talk more about diet tonic water. But and then I'm also drinking a shout out again to Athletic Brewing Company. I'm drinking their their hazy IPA um, as usual. I drink it all the time. The Free Wave. It's so good. Okay. So, hazy IPA. Yeah. Have, have you had uh, major? Have you had Athletic Brewing Company? I don't think so. Oh, you you got to track them down. Um, they're out of San Diego, and uh, I think they've got an a East Coast brewery too. But they they're raising the bar on non-alcoholic beers. Um, okay. Obviously, not while you're doing the carnivore challenge, but right, yeah, no sugars either. Yeah, no. It's no like fruit. major when you when you said you're doing the carnivore challenge. I'm like, I'm gonna be coming on here drinking bone broth. Right. <laughs> that would have been good. Oh. <laughs> Funny you should I, man, I didn't even think about it. I bought bone bought I bought bone broth, say that six times fast today at the oh, store. I should have came on with my bone broth box and just been chugging <laughs> bone broth. Dude, that would have been memorable. Missed opportunity. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm gonna have bone broth in the morning, a hot cup of bone broth. Nice. There you go. Nice. Um well I'm sipping on two things i've got sparkling water as well and it's uh by a company called bubbly i was called buble but uh it's just the lime and it's crisp and refreshing um but also seeing how we're going to be talking about like uh you know no alcohol and alcohol free a lot of times i'll come on here and you know jamie and sometimes our other uh guests aren't don't have alcohol so I'm left feeling like the lush of the group because I'm like got two beers. So <laughs> as what I did is I too am drinking a non-alcoholic beer and it's by a company called Silver Carpenter. Oh, um, yeah. And it, this is their Irish red ale and it's, it's tasty. I mean, my only qualm sometimes with non-alcoholic beers is there's always like the same flavor throughout. And I don't know if it's because of like, you know, the dealkalization or like the not quite fully fermented, but there's always kind of a slight tang to it, you know, but, but I mean, uh-huh. it's good though. I mean, they're always lighter and crisper, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. And I think some of them uh, I've noticed are really light bodied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't mind that too much on certain ones. So uh, for example, brew dog, um, you can get brew dog even on the Amazon. Um, and the, another one that like I'll ship to like my parents' house in Bakersfield because I don't really know where to get non-alcoholic beer in Bakersfield. So, right. 
so I'll have Brewdog waiting for me. Some of their beers are a little bit thinner, but like they're like 20 calories. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'll take thin and 20 calories. I'm good with that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but but I, I feel like athletic, um, they're not the only one, but I just feel like athletic is at the top in terms of tasting like normal beer. Yeah. Uh, everything I drink from them, I just thoroughly enjoy. Even their light beer is pretty good. And I don't like light yeah. beer. Yeah. So, well, it's funny because I was going to give you a hard time last time because it was one of the episodes we are recording and you were drinking their uh, Rattler, I think. Yeah. And I was going to be like, Rattler's already like half, you know, half. It's like lower alcohol beer anyway. I'm like, at that point, like a non-alcohol, shouldn't you just drink like squirt? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Some of them I'm, waiting, I'm, waiting for, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're, go ahead. I'm just waiting for a really good non-alcoholic whiskey. Yeah. Um, yes. So actually we have a company they make it's a non-alcoholic bourbon and uh, a non-alcoholic tequila. Okay. And the bourbon's pretty decent. Um I don't know if they have a cinnamon or something in there they use to kind of mimic that spice. Yeah. You know, kind of like the alcohol burn, but it's it's decent and I mean especially I think if you asked to use it as like a mixer it'd be good. So maybe I might have to grab one of those one of these days and bring that on the show. Yeah. That's that's how I feel about those is like I feel like they work for mixers and don't get me wrong. I have them. And in fact, I was the beverage I was going to have tonight was going to be um, a non-alcoholic rum with caffeine free diet Pepsi. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I, and it's actually in the fridge ready for me to do that. But at the last minute I switched to beer. So um, I, I'm not against them, but like you can't duplicate the experience yet of sipping on a scotch or or right. whiskey or anything not even close now it looks like it um and so actually if you don't mind i i want to tell a quick story about like one of the experiments i did leading up to um giving up alcohol for a year and that was uh, i'm getting a little ahead of ourselves actually but that that's okay um so i'm involved with a local claims association and uh insurance claims so i work with a bunch of insurance adjusters and there's a lot of alcohol flowing anytime you get insurance adjusters together away from work and uh we we have a holiday party every year and this holiday party was going to be the symbolic transition that i became the president of the organization for the coming year and that was also part of the reason why i was thinking about taking a year to be just totally sober um you know i got a lot of responsibility coming up um you know, like I want to be fully present and aware. So for the holiday party, I decided I'm going to not drink, but I'm going to fool everyone into thinking I'm drinking a ton of beer like everybody else is. So uh, we had bartend. Of course, I'm putting on the event, which helps. That puts me at an advantage. I'm one of the people who organized the event. Uh, I stocked both bars with Athletic Brewing Company beers. So that's the first thing. They're already stocked with the beer. Nobody's going to know the difference. And, you know, if they ask the bartender, they'll know what it is. But like somebody has something to order. And then the second thing I did was I took a bottle of the um, non-alcoholic whiskey and I gave the bartender uh, like 20 bucks or whatever. And I just said, this is my special stash. When I ask it, please just pour it for me. Don't offer it to anyone else. And, uh, and so I, for all outside appearances, I was drinking beer 
and shooting whiskey all <laughs> night with everyone else. And I was stone cold sober. Uh, in fact, the previous president, he leaned in and uh, he had a plan up his sleeve that he was going to mid-event symbolically hand over the microphone or literally hand over the microphone to me and symbolically hand over the presidency. Um, he leaned in and goes, how drunk are you? And I said, not a bit. <laughs> and he, he goes, dang. Well, you're about to become the president. And he handed me the microphone, but it was exactly what I wanted. And it was the test that I needed to do that I, I could still be fun. I could have fun. Nobody would know the difference. Uh, and I liked that I would was able to fool everybody, not because I wanted to live my life fooling everybody, but because that was part of my challenge was that I wanted to go as long as I could without anybody knowing. And that, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I have so many questions about that. Do you just want to jump into that? No, I mean, why, why not? I figured, you know, why not just throw it out there and we'll go where it takes us. All right, Clayton. So Jamie, uh, reached out to me, like he, he said, uh, when we were off here and, uh, just wanted someone to go with him along this, this, this ride. I had done it before I'd done no beer for a year. Um, and I, every year I try to pick something uh, to do one year. It was like grow my beard out for a year. And that ended up being five years and then no beer for a year. Um, I only posted videos on Facebook for a year. Whenever I had anything to, to say, instead of making a post, I would just post a video. Um, so I've done all kinds of different challenges for myself. But so Jamie reached out, wanted to um, wanted me to go on this this journey with him. And, and I said, I, yeah, I would love to, I said, however, I'm not going to be legalistic about it because I'm turning 50 this year. And if my wife wants to buy me a really nice bottle of bourbon or just even a beer for my birthday, then I want to be able to enjoy that. And he was totally okay with that, but he needed to do it cold Turkey and just know someone was in his corner cheering him on. And so that's kind of where that started. And so we just agreed to check in on each other what, once a week, once a month, something like that at the end of each month. But and, I, I should interject here that yeah. I didn't even tell Clayton I was doing this. Oh, and yeah, nobody we, knew but your wife, right? Um, basically, I let a couple people know at intervals. Okay. Oh, so it was like it was just you and my wife at one point. And then it was like, I think I let my brother in on or I don't know. Like there were just a few people I let in. Um, I did. I, there was well. There's another buddy of mine, Tom Worthington. He's part of that same claims organization. He just cold turkey ten years ago. Decided he didn't want to drink anymore, and he's one of the most fun guys I know. And uh, I had a conversation with him was kind of a decider for me. So like I let him know, right? Like so there were a few people I let know, but I didn't want to let anybody know that would like spoil it. And there were so many people I wanted to see if they noticed, including my parents. Like I did not let my parents know for a while. Yeah. Um, Didn't you ship non-alcoholic beer to their house? I, I, I did. I did. And, uh, and put it in the fridge and never, I mean, they can read, but they didn't. <laughs> right, um, right. Uh, the, here's the funny thing about that though. They, because sometimes I will come home and I'll be on a diet or whatever. And I'm not, I don't drink at all they never really asked me any questions. And I had also brought a fake liquor with me. I don't remember what it was. 
And I was waiting for them to offer for us to take shots together. And they never asked. And that's so unlike my parents. Interesting. Uh, it's just a fun thing that we used to do. Like I'd come home after not seeing them for six months and we'd all have a shot. Uh, and we don't do that now, you know, but I, I kind of thought that they would invite me and I had my stuff. But anyway, yeah, I kept it secret even from Clayton. And here we are, you know, having a show where the first word is bruised. So I always had to have something interesting to be drinking. Um, but he started putting it together. I mean, after, you know, four or five times I've got non-alcoholic stuff. He's like, something's up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it was probably maybe it was like nine months in or something. I think you're like, hey, by the way, because um, I all the time it was like, yeah, athletic or something. I was kind of like, you know, I was like, I mean, I it's just, you know, I just noticed. Right. Because that's what we talk about. I was like, you know, I'm kind of wondering. But then then you then, you know, then he, you know, he came out to me. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you did a year and then you, so I wanted to, I wanted, I sort of, I guess I initiated this conversation um, to do a podcast about this and just kind of things that you learned about yourself because yeah. you sent me a text and I don't know if you want me to read the text or not. It It's a little lengthy, but, but it's a text. So it's, it's probably not as lengthy as it looks, but you, um, you have it queued up. I do. Oh, well, if man, I, I might need to reread it, but no, go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to skim skim the good stuff. So I'm laying in bed when I get this this text from I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, man, like this has been really impactful for you. So let me just let me just read this real quick. It says, uh, there might let, be a... let, let, let me say one thing real fast before you yeah. read this. The preface to this because this was like I had to think about my experience. The first thing was just a challenge and to have clear thought. Mm -hmm be fully present with my family, that kind of thing. That was the challenge. But over time, it also caused me to reflect on my relationship with alcohol, my, um, how it impacts me in an ongoing way, my relationship with others, my social interconnections, and how alcohol fits into all that. Like I start processing a lot of those things. And then like, when I sent that message to you it was kind of like, my thoughts had come together. And and there were some parts that made me uncomfortable even with myself in mm. my thoughts, like realizations about myself that were like, hmm. And I, I go ahead. So I think I asked, let me scroll up. Um, oh, yeah, so I, I, I had said three, it's three months away from a year. How's it been for you? And then some time passed and then this, this, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, you're at a Greek festival in, in Phoenix, living it up. You said, it's been awesome. I really miss certain things about drinking. And surprisingly, I miss red wine the most. Who doesn't? But overall, I prefer life without alcohol. How about you? You're a veteran, though. And this year uh, was ever a bit a was ever a bit as challenging as I thought it would be and harder. Drinking would have made everything feel impossible to solve. It has been one of the greatest years of my life. And yet when I look at it, it's damn near the hardest. I can honestly say that I have never worked this hard, been this ambitious and more focused than ever, especially on my family, on ministry and on my professional life. I truly, it truly has been a banner year. And yet there are struggles. Um, and I won't get into the struggles just for time's sake. It's just work stuff. Yeah. Yeah and other personal stuff on um point is that like anyone else 
in this mortal life is likely to have once in a while. I've had an incredibly stressful year, much more than usual, but it was successful in all the right ways and all the wrong ways. And as a result of being alcohol free, got to be present for all of it and experience all of it as it should be experienced. And you say, I decided I could stop right there, but that, that, cause that's just amazing. I decided to do this in 2022 because I already knew that I had reached a place where I could look around and honestly say, I'm now living the life I've prayed for and struggled to find. I'm filled with so much gratitude and presence this year. And as much as I have enjoyed the gladness of wine, the gladness that I feel these days is experienced within me with more depth of perception than ever before. I've even begun to reflect on old thought patterns, habits, bad choices in the past. Repeatedly, I see the role alcohol played in making my life less good. Most of these occurrences are not even are not even in the shallow stuff like regretting those. And I, I won't, skip, skip, skip. Right. Not, not, not even simply, probably I was going to say that too, it's like not even simply like just, oh, I said something stupid. Yeah. 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 Slips of the lip, things like that. So, like, let me get down here. <clears throat> this is a long text, obviously. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a, it was a long <laughs> blog post. <laughs> it was a blog post. And it was I was a like, I need, post. I, need to, I need to ingest this and, and get back to you. Anyway, you say, anyway, the bottom line is that I think. I like alcohol too much to not have to take the time like this to put on the brakes. I don't know what it means for the future, but I know that I, <laughs> but I know that I needed this and I'm glad that I did it. And it will, it will be a breeze to finish the year. Decided to write an essay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, what about the train in the background? kind of nice uh, that's that's beautiful man i mean that dude i mean that's 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 inspiring you know that's yeah. super and i think that's something that happens i mean comes with age you know and lord willing wisdom but i mean that's that's that self-reflection thing you know and like sometimes you have to take a step back and i mean and i've had to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol many times because there's times i know i would overindulge you know and i mean i didn't start drinking like beer and wine and stuff until I was like 27 and I'm actually really glad I didn't do that until later because I had young kids and so I was able to be present through all those things so it's like um you know I just I think that was you know that takes that takes a lot of courage and it also takes a lot of um you know strength to be able to like look at yourself like that like I want to do this you know so yeah man that's that's inspiring Jamie yeah, it really is. I, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you, you walked with me through it because I, I knew I needed somebody, like you said, I needed somebody in my corner, and, uh, if, if it was just a commitment between, you know, me and God or something, it's easy to excuse yourself, uh, right. and, and be like, oh, God understands, you know, uh, but like, God knows when, my heart, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. When, but when you, when you've got a friend who's you know, willing to hold your feet to the fire a little bit, uh, and willing to go the distance too, even if the rules are slightly different. I mean, um, having companions on the way really helps a lot. Um, 
you know, I, I picked up almost preemptively, didn't need it as much as I thought I would, but I picked up a couple of books and things on people giving up alcohol or, you know, uh, I picked up a 30 day alcohol experiment. I read the first like eight or nine days worth. And I was like, I don't need this motivation. This, this was its own motivation. So, but like, I don't know that I could have done it without a friend. Yeah. You know, uh, I, the book, I could, I can toss the book anytime a friend, you know, you, you, you have to have an ongoing relationship there, you know? I agree. Yeah. And Clayton, I didn't start drinking until I was in my thirties. Just, and not because of any history in my family or bad experiences or anything. I knew, I think in my mind, when I was younger, I loved like I grew up in the South, grew up in Mississippi. Um, I love sweet tea, love Mountain Dew, love to love to always drink. Like always had something with me, Mountain Dew, sweet tea, whatever. And I just thought in my mind, man, if I ever find something that, that I like, I'm going to be a drunk and which never became the it never became the case my first sip of of alcohol i was probably maybe six and my older brother was driving my grandmother's uh we were on their farm and he was driving her little isuzu across the 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 field and she had a beer in her lap and i was like you know grandma can i try that she's like you don't want to try this it was like a bud light or something and it had been opened early that morning and it was like noon you know she'd just been sipping (laughs) it was hot gross mississippi weather and i tasted that i took a big swig of it i was like no i really want took a big swig and i couldn't throw up to my left and i couldn't throw up to my right so i just drank it and (laughs) yeah i don't care to drink alcohol like and I was the yeah. kid that I could learn from other people's mistakes. Like I can look at that guy throwing up. I don't yeah. like throwing up. I've been yeah. sick before yeah. and just a regular throw up. I don't like that coming out my nose. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I really didn't start technically drinking until I was in my thirties and then drinking good beer. I had a really good friend of mine, Chris Yunt in Nashville. Uh, we were talking one time and I was like, man, I just, I haven't found any good, like really good beer. And he's like, well, what do you like? Drinking? Well, I like red wine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> he's like, oh, you're drinking beer. And so he introduced me to like Chimay Blue and Chimay Red. Yes. And, yes. All those guys. and yep. then um, I was like, I was like, I was hooked. I was like, yeah. So it pretty much. And then from then on, if I was out with friends or whatever, give me your beer with your highest volume of alcohol. Because in my mind, that's what brings out that flavor. And so so I would just gravitate towards those higher gravity beers anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got into, uh, in in my 20s, I got really into some of the aggressive beers, whether the aggression came in the form of hops or alcohol or both. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the big beers, big bodies, big big everything. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it was exciting like so and i think too like 20 years ago um there was just this huge renaissance um uh, of craft beer that has like led to what we are now where it's like there's great breweries everywhere every town every city has a brewery and generally pretty decent beer like um and then sometimes really great beer I, for me, um, I 
definitely started drinking earlier than you guys, but was never like a partier. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my family background, as I think both of you know, my family background was actually Mormon, but we we left Mormonism when I was little. But um, when we became evangelical Christians, my mom didn't then go start boozing because um, right. there was still discomfort, too, in our faith tradition growing up. It wasn't like forbidden, but it 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 was odd if you had it, you know, and so we just didn't have it. And then like when my brother was getting married, we had like a really nice, uh, like nice. I mean, like not fancy. I mean, nice, like uh, not crazy wild. We had a bachelor party for my brother. Like the family was there uh, and, but there was beers. And like, that was the first time I really remember there being beers around my house. And my parents let me have a Corona that night. And my love affair with beer began that night. And, you know, from, I feel like from that point on, it probably wasn't instantly, but I feel like my parents would let me have beers at the house. Right. And when I was in college, we had a beer fridge. It like, it just evolved. Like my, my enjoyment of imported and craft beer, like started very quickly before I was 21. And uh, my parents were happy to supply provided I wasn't getting trashed and I was at home. And yeah. so like, I felt like that was a really good way to do it. But I also like theologically, I started hanging out with Calvinist types who were big on scotch and cigars and beers. And I don't know, one thing leads to another and it became almost a lifestyle. Yeah. And I also get, uh, I'm a creative drinker. Um, so like at one point, like I remember I had four Guinnesses and wrote a theological essay when I was like 22 years old that just I thought was super profound. <laughs> and so like that became the magic number. Drink four Guinnesses and I can write on anything and make it so cool and hip and, you know, make these big ideas really pop, you know. And that was not good, really, ultimately for me, because then I was like, I would drink to create an experience. I'd be like, oh, I want to write a song. Let's grab some booze. Um, and and I don't really want to, I don't want to work that way, ultimately. Um, and of course, you always, you know, you can only go so far after a while and then you need more to get there. Um, I think I also found for me, uh, the more I drink, the sadder I get. It's easier for me to get into a sad space. Um and now that can that can write some great songs. Um, you know, I'll take one from the team from time to time, I guess. But um, but at the end of the day, um, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the creativity that comes without the, the chemical additives um, is better, ultimately, because it, it makes me work harder. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. For, for me, I think a lot of it. I needed to, I needed to kind of break that chain because I had drank pretty consistently for many years. And then, you know, I would stop for dietary reasons or whatever, but it always creeped back in because, you know, I, I go to events for work that have them, you know, when my friends were inviting me out, we're always going to breweries. Like it's always the default thing that beer was somewhere every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and also, you know, I, I think I've even joked on this show in past episodes, like, well, I won't say that I won't say the, the cuss term I use for it, but I get crappy vodka and, and a beer, 
that was something I would get a lot of times. And uh, I'm part of the Samson Society, which is a, a company of Christian men that uh, meet to talk. It's kind of like a recovery group type thing. What do we do when that meeting is, even though it's recovery, it's not, it's not AA. So we go out for beers afterward. <laughs> you know, it's like everywhere I go, there's alcohol. And then I started doing things like having a shot and a beer. And, right. uh, you know, just cutting it off for a year was super helpful. This year, um, I've I've loosened the rules a little bit. I think I've told you, uh, but I'll say for the benefit of the show. Um, so I drank on New Year's. So it was like kind of like cap the year, decide if I'm going to reboot. And I wanted to. Um, but I decided it would be okay to drink on our anniversary. Um, so, so we do that. Um, uh, I happen to have two with my wife because we had a pandemic wedding and, and a friends and family wedding. And so, uh, so I drank on those two days. And then also I was at a wedding and you'll appreciate this major. Uh, I was at a wedding at a winery. And this is a buddy of mine that I walked with through some difficult stuff some years ago. And I was just so happy for him. And I'm like, how am I going to not have wine at a winery at my brother's wedding? I'm not holier than Jesus. Right. I mean, <laughs> so I, I I decided I will drink wine at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But that's 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 basically where I am now uh, with it. I'm not drinking these days. Um. I feel like if I were to modify the rules much more for myself, the parameters I've laid out for myself, I think I would just pretty soon, it wouldn't be a thing anymore. Just be like, I'm a guy who drinks occasionally. And I don't think that would be the end of the world. Um, you know, we still have a show that celebrates great beers. Um, and I, you know, but I just don't know that I want to be there. Right. At least right now. Right now, I don't. Yeah. And I'm I'm with you. I uh, I really haven't drank much this year after you know coming off of the your you know cold turkey year. Um, I maybe can count on one hand how many beers or whatever right. I had during that year. But um, yeah, I just really haven't had a desire for it. And since I've been on the carnivore diet, this is kind of sort of funny, but also very true. Um, so for Father's Day, my wife wanted to treat me to there's a restaurant and they were doing like a burger and a beer, a burger and a shot of whiskey for Father's Day. And so you get this burger and stuff. Well, I was on the carnivore diet. So I was like, well, can I just get the lamb chops and a shot of whiskey? It was like a shot of bourbon or something. And um, they were like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I had. So I, I said, it was a shot with ice. I even let it kind of melt down some. Not yeah. much. By the time we got home, because I hadn't had sugar or alcohol or anything at that point for probably at a month and a half, uh, I felt miserable. I literally felt like there was poison just like coursing mm. through my veins. And I was like, I got to go lay down. Like, I don't feel yeah. good. And, you know, I, and I don't know if that's just because of the diet I was on and I hadn't had any kind of sugar or alcohol, obviously, but man, it's just, it's like, did I feel that way when I was drinking? Because I don't remember feeling this bad after a shot of alcohol. So anyway, I had a, I had a similar experience on, um, new year's. I got together with uh, one of my godsons at a coffee shop that also has a bar 
And I thought, oh, yeah, shoot, it's New Year's. I've made it a year. I'm going to go and order a beer. And I think I had two beers when we met. I felt uncomfortable. And part of my discomfort, too, was I felt myself loosening up in a way that I wasn't used to. And even like the word choices that were coming out of my mouth were not as sharp as I had been used to. And it it made me uncomfortable. It was weird. Because I'm like, this used to be the thing I was aiming for. And right now, I, I, I feel like, you know, a kid who has a training wheels taken off for the first time and you're a little wobbly. Um, now, that said, I'm, I made uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, count. So I felt a lot better drinking on New Year's Day. It was like once the poison was in my system, put a little <laughs> more in. I was like, OK, now we're having fun on New Year's Day. <laughs> um. So- so one of the things I learned when I did the no beer for a year and, and, and again, even with that, it was kind of like, okay, just like special, I, I gave myself that caveat of like special occasions, but I'm not going to go buy any, I'm not going to, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't married at the time. Um, so this will, this will just make Kareen into the, the shipwrecks portion of the, the podcast. But I, uh, I had actually gone to a, a grief counseling or grief kind of recovery group because you know both my parents died within like four years and one of the guys i met there so this is kind of the backstory one of the guys i had met there um had lost his two sons in a tornado two little boys and so when that guy offers you a beer you don't say hey i'm not drinking beer for a year as a challenge as a dumb challenge when he offers you a beer you drink a beer with a guy who's lost his two sons, you know? So, so there's, there's those caveats. Yeah. You, you know, uh, that actually reminds me of the, um, of the, the Proverbs, Proverbs 31. When Christians hear Proverbs 31, they always think of the wise woman of Proverbs 31, but they also forget that towards the end of Proverbs 31, it says to give strong drink to him who is perishing. So he may forget his sorrow. Uh, now there's various interpretations of that, but like the plain the plain reading of it seems to be when someone's sad, if you want to take a beverage to them, uh, if you want to have a pint with your friend who's upset, it's okay. Totally. Uh, so I I'm I am all for that. Um, and and my God, I mean, I feel like there are there are layers of stories here too that that uh, we we should actually have you back on to talk about because. losing uh losing parents i think is difficult at any age um and and i think um i sometimes think of well uh, you know i i'll go into it here for a second you know i lost my dad when i was two years old and you know now i'm getting to the point where my mom is older i have a grandmother who's who's still living um you know who's in her 90s and like we're all getting older this is just how life goes um but when you when you lose those loved ones at these various stages it takes you into a new space in life and everything is changed from that point forward and that's a difficult uh difficult reality um you know especially when there's love um wrapped in there i agree 
Well, I'm going to say the thing I think I've kind of taken away just from what you guys were talking about, because I mean, you know, I, I, I think whenever you make personal goals for yourself, the only time it's going to, you're going to succeed is if you're doing it for yourself um, and not someone else setting the parameters for you. And it's like, sure. it sounds like what you guys kind of did is like, you know, you're like, I'm going to do this for myself. And you had your guidelines, but it was like, there's some things where it's like, you made, you made room but not excuses, you know? So you made space for some, some things, but at the same time, you still kept those parameters. So you didn't make excuses to be like, Oh, well, you know, it's Tuesday night. I stubbed my toe. Well, I should probably have a beer, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there, there's something to be said about like, you know, and it feels good when you make like goals or certain things for yourself and like you achieve those, you, you realize like, I can do that. And that feels good. You know, it's like, then one of the hardest things I ever do was like, I, when I quit smoking cigarettes, that was hard, right. but you know, but when I quit and like, realize like, Oh, I've got more energy. Cause I was always taking breaks, you know, smoke breaks, you know, I'd be cleaning my room. I'm going to go take a, and I realized I'm like, Oh, actually this was why I had to take breaks. Cause it was sapping my energy. You know what I mean? But when I quit, like, it just felt good. And I was like, wow, I did that. And I did it for myself, you yeah. know? I mean, I, other reasons, but I was the one in, in instigating it, you know? Yep. Well, I mean, what do they say? You always got to have your why. Yep. Yep. If, if you, if you have your why you can endure any how or whatever, whatever the saying mm -hmm. is, right. you know, but, but you, but you've got to have that strong enough. You've, and you've, you've got to have, have that drive. I felt like with health stuff, um, I had a hard time getting enough motivation. Now you would think health would be an easy one for anybody, but um, you know, laying off the bottle, the health factor was not enough for me for a very long time. Um, but once I kind of had a why that was bigger than that, and that really did motivate me to stick to it, a lot of the health stuff became very, very clear. Um, you know, a few years ago, I, I, I looked at, I may have mentioned this to one or both of you guys before, but uh, I realized I'd been tracking years worth of health data through a fitness tracker and realized, oh, shoot, I could look at my resting heart rate at a glance um, a year at a time. And okay. I had four years worth of data. <laughs> and it was just nuts when I started plotting it, a, a, you know, according to, um, you know, things that were happening in my life. I'm telling you, I could see my resting heart rate based on how much I was drinking Wow! and, and the dips, you know, when it would get better. Uh, oh, that's when I did the whole 30 and I was eating just real whole natural foods, um, no grains, no legumes. So even stuff that is whole and natural foods, I was even eliminating some of those things that can be difficult and just going straight up like protein, you know, plants and animals and no alcohol boom you know normal resting heart rate we're talking 10 15 beats different per minute yep. um and that's that's just from from alcohol being in my system a little bit day after day just carry raises that baseline yep it's 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 kind of crazy it's kind of crazy yeah. well i uh i i know we're we're getting kind of late i uh I've really enjoyed talking through this. I feel like we there's even more stuff we could go into, but uh, if if we're able to have you on in the future, I mean, I'm sure you've done more challenges than we've even gotten into. Um, 
<laughs> That's one of the things I I I think that uh, I connect with you a lot on was that the Whiskerino thing launched for me a series of challenges as well. Um, I've done carnivore challenges. I've I've done group challenges with others. I mean, some of the Whiskerino guys. Uh, I don't know if you participated in any of these, like um, George June, uh, where you take pictures of yourself wearing jean shorts every oh, day no. in the no. month of June. <laughs> I mean, just absurd stuff. They, the most absurd one was probably October vest. Um, I think there were literally <laughs> like 10 of us, but you had to wear a vest in every picture in October. Nice. So, <laughs> just, but, but like some of the challenges, I think when it comes to like the carnivore thing, um, like <clears throat> I, are, are you doing this for, for health reasons, for disciplinary reasons? What, what, what's motivating you there? Yeah, so for the last year and a half or so, I had done intermittent fasting uh, for, you know, Christian reasons, and as, as Christians should, but also just for health reasons to see if I could lose some weight. Uh -huh. uh, you know, post-COVID dad bod, we adopted uh, a little girl over awesome. COVID, so she's three now. I'm 51, and I want to be around to give her away someday at a wedding, Um and uh, so then we can save most of this. I'm actually going to work on doing my own video uh, for this here pretty soon. But um, so I, I eased into carnivore. Um, but the, the two weeks that I, I eased into carnivore, I lost eight pounds. But beyond that, I felt amazing. Like I remember getting out of bed. I think I stopped snoring. Dasher. I stopped snoring and was sleeping through the night and just felt amazing. I told my wife, I feel amazing. And she's like, okay, you know, and then we went on a, a road trip vacation. I tried to stick to it. But when we got back on June 4th, I started like cold Turkey right back into carnivore. I'm down 20 pounds, no snoring, sleeping through the night. Amazing. feel amazing. And I'm, I'm doing it for that little girl in there. My, my wife. My family has heart issues, um, but my family also had sitting on their butt issues, smoking issues, you know, no exercise issues. And so I don't know how much of that's genetics or, or whatever, but I just want to mainly health issues. I want to health reasons. I want to be around for my family. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. I've found personally that uh, the more meat I eat, like the more meat that's on my plate, the displaces inferior yeah. calories, yeah. the better I feel. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about, um, you know, I'm not talking about cheeseburgers, no. but I might be talking about uh, the beef from the cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you replace that bun with an extra patty and you now have more fat and protein that your body can access. Um it's it's kind of a it's kind of really amazing and th there is uh i think in the car you know i don't know how much you've nerded out in the carnivore stuff um my wife you know is a dietitian and she she's got some criticisms of um you know some of the claims i've got i, I won't speak for her i've got criticisms of some of the claims that some of the 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 people make um but as far as like the science of meat being healthy for you and some of that stuff that they've really done a good job countering uh, all the stuff out there and and making it like safe to eat meat again right. <laughs> so, 
super super interesting super helpful honestly yeah yeah it is but i I feel great that's good that's good thank god well um i i think uh much more could be said we probably should wrap things up but i do have a question for you i didn't prep you at all for this but um my dog is my dog is barking at me yeah your, your your dog wants your attention that's for sure go ahead what's your question if if you were um if you were to pick one song, what would you say is your favorite rap hip hop song of all time? Oh, it has to be rap hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't prep me for that. I was gonna say times like these by Foo Fighters, but that's not a rap song. Oh, okay. well, that's, a, that's still a great song though. <laughs> uh, of all time, Fighters. I'll only say this because I went to NF's concert last night. Okay. Uh, that's amazing but, how could you not mention that on this show that you went to see nf last night we haven't talked about rap yet <laughs> yeah. uh the search hey. by NF. the search yeah All right, what what makes you love this song so much i love man I, I love how he conveys kind of his mental health that's going on and, and the alliteration that he does how I, it's just it's just geniusly creative and i I, i'm a so i i also teach video production and i love the line in there where he says i don't know if i'm making rap uh was it making music videos or movies and and he's somewhere either in iceland or somewhere on this beautiful like barren landscape wow pushing a shopping cart with black balloons but um and so yeah so that just visually uh the music is just amazing it's not your normal rap it's got like some orchestra stuff in there and some heavy drums and it just sure. it just gets you. but yeah it's, and it's talking about him struggling with mental health issues and depression and and not only that what i love about the song is that then he talks about towards the end of the song how to flip that like there's a solution there's yeah. you can't keep looking in the mirror and telling yourself you hate yourself yeah so anyway it has a positive that's, that's awesome shout out to nf uh you know i one of the things i admire about about him and and uh other people and kind of his uh you know graduating class of christian hip-hop so to speak different class than mine um mm-hmm. what i like about these guys is they're bringing these messages into the mainstream and they're competing in the mainstream they're not simply leaning on uh the christian subculture I'm sure some of that, uh, you know, is undergirding their their fan base and their their listenership. But like, I felt like a lot of what we did was like play the youth group circuit, so to speak. And I don't even know if there is a youth group circuit anymore. I don't, I, you know, I don't know that scene much. Uh, but I feel like these guys and NF, like, they're taking their positive message. They're they're sometimes explicitly Christian even, and they're they're injecting it in a mainstream playing field and i've got a lot of respect for that yeah um another band i love that's kind of along the same lines is 21 pilots so oh yeah (laughs) yeah i I don't have anything to add i also like royal ruckus they're missing (laughs) hey there we go there we go (laughs) yeah what if i had been like oh what is your favorite royal ruckus song of all time I'm a terrible thing to put you on the spot. Uh, hang on. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Let me do my Googles. <laughs> hey, actually, you know, speaking of that, 
that's what we should wrap the show up with. Uh, I think we should play the Great Beard Rebellion. Um, this is a song that I did for Whiskerino, and it is only available on Bandcamp. And it's a celebration of growing a beard. And I basically, uh, I was king for a day thanks to this song. Um, because, at, you know, every day people would post their pictures and you would king someone. Eventually, you know, at the end of the day, whoever got the most likes or whatever, their their picture was king for the day. But um, I had this song in my back pocket and uh, I, I played to the home team, too. I shouted out as many names as I could squeeze in that song. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so, that'd be appropriate. Well, I'm glad we finally had a Whiskerino brother on here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Dude, I'm honored. Thank you. It's been fun. I, th I think you may be the first. Um, I did. I did rap with Casey Jones. Uh, if you know, yeah, Casey. yeah, um, yeah. I did. I, I I did a rap uh, a couple of songs with him actually on Summer of the Cicadas. Oh, okay. I didn't he know was, that. his rap name is Calvin Coolidge with K's. So uh, okay. You look that up on the summerofthecicadas.com or wherever you find fine music. Um you 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 can find uh Casey Jones on there. So okay. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to it. Well, dude, it's been great to have you on. Do you have any uh social media things you want to shout out or any any anything you want to plug? Yeah, go to my YouTube channel, like and subscribe. I've been on YouTube since 2008 and I don't even have a thousand subs. So if y'all could wow. get me over the benchmark so I can monetize my channel and pay for braces someday, that'd be wonderful. Or buy more non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Look <laughs> that up and subscribe. That's for sure. It's just, it's just major chism on YouTube. I love it. Nomadic, you got anything you want to drop? Well, I'm going to say having a 16-year-old with braces, they are not cheap. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, all I got is, uh, you know, you can... Hit us up at Bruce Beards on Instagram, um, Nomadic Vagabond on Instagram, and of course you can get my man on Instagram at just Jamie J U S T J A M E Y, and uh, of course Royal Ruckus is putting out new music over the coming months. Uh, I have no idea when this is going to drop in relation to music, but chances are there's something new out there right now or about to drop when you're hearing this. So um, just look up Royal Ruckus on all the things. All the things. All the things. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much for your time. And we're going to listen to the Great Beard Rebellion. Yo, let me explain while there's hair on my chin and my neck beard's first, it's for the king fave win. We have claim buttes, insane buttes, our leader is a Mac. Maddie C likes straps, but it's poison for the guests. Ozzy likes the lookers, and Kaifel's got the books. Edward can teach you why you shouldn't overlook all my beard growth. You see, I've taken an oath to keep a razor from my face and do the pip pip pose. It's only four months, maybe best of my life. I mean, follicle juice, even risking his wife. So I dip, dip, dive, and I so socialize. Growing a beard with these guys makes me glad to be alive. Throw your fist to the sky. the bay to LA to 
hearted. The joy has spread around to the land down under, found on the islands of Creed. HR Tropic Thunder. A shout to Matt Wiseman and my boy Ned Kelly. Uncle Dan, maybe Shiva Bishop's not afraid of belly. UK, Ula, Flames in Spain. 500 guys growing beards, what's left to explain? If my boss grabs a pick and tells me to shave, gotta get on the chat support, I'm not gonna cave. So I dip, dip, dive, and I so socialize. Growing a beard with these guys makes me glad to be alive. Throw your fist to the Rebellious and fledgling as a brewer, Scottish John is at college whiskey sipping is the Goomba. Tedford Moo and Dave, they know how to throw down. Andrew Trey, Wonder Made, the fattest beards around. Soul Glow, Robert Fly, Maki and him Terry. If your photo gets straight on, you are legendary. Harry Norton is the man, and Yogi is the beard. But this is the final chapter, so we won't meet up next year. So I dip, dip, dive, and I so socialize, growing a beard.